Hi, I'm Sean O'Keefe and this is Scoreline Extra. If you missed any of our sporting conversations over the weekend, we've got you covered with this latest edition. The podcast that brings you the best of the highlights from Scoreline's on-air outings every Saturday and Sunday. On this week's edition of Scoreline Extra, you can listen back to interviews with the likes of Lee Kill on how to get involved in Sunday afternoon soccer. Seamus Nugent on a new 12-week course aiming to help children with dyspraxia become more active. Irish NFL show host Colin Cronin joins us once again. Davy Jones talks all things fitness. From a rugby perspective, we have Kilkenny head coach David O'Connor on the challenges ahead in the new year. Along with Carlo man Tom Daly on his new contract with Connacht. Pat Murphy talks all things Carlo GEA before they prepared for their Kyo Cup clash with Kildare. And we'll have the best post-match interviews from a busy weekend of Club Camogie. Yes, Bower Rangers, Michael and Dixborough all successful on their Leinster quest. First up, here's a very brief conversation with the man known as Brian Cody. <laughs> Brian, a good win to start the year off and a few new faces out there all did very well. Yeah, no, for sure. Obviously, it's January, it's the Welsh Cup and it's it's the first game out for lads, but very, very happy with it with the way the lads played. I mean, more or less every single one of them are lads who wouldn't have played before for the Kenny Senior, so to give a really good account of themselves. Wexford next week? Yeah, no, that'll be another interesting one for sure. It's good preparation and the whole thing is up and running now, so it'll be all systems go. See you next Saturday, Brian. Cheers, man. All the best. Very few words there as Kilkenny defeated Leash in the Walsh Cup. Next up, we will hear from Kilkenny Camogie captain Ethan Prendergast after Dixborough's victory against St. Jude's. Ethan Prendergast, you're just after coming away off a very tough Leinster semi-final against St. Jude's. A two-point victory for yourselves. What's your thoughts on the game here today? Yeah, tough is probably an understatement. St. Jude's were a fantastic team and uh, we were lucky enough to get over the line, but we dug deep and we all fought together and it paid off in the end. Yeah, you had a very quick start, three points to the good ahead after I think it was nearly 10 minutes. Small bit of a lull then. You went in the break three points ahead. Must have been encouraging, but were you disappointed that you didn't convert all your chances? Yeah, exactly. In that third quarter, um, St. Jude's came out strong and um, we probably just cut and deal with it. Um, we were lucky to see the water break then and um, get reorganised refocused and uh, we drove on from there but we need to work on that third quarter as you said we went in three points up and um, we kind of let it slip away so second half was tough for yourselves Jude's came out the traps fighting they upped that intensity they kind of got on top of you for a small bit you didn't score for long periods of time but you showed great character to come back and especially as you say in the last third quarter there was players there including yourself you were putting everything in hands, feet you name it so it's a great character for that team to hold on for the victory Yeah that's it exactly and that's what our team is about uh, we have huge character in that dressing room we're not individuals there's no standout players on our team uh, we all fight together we battle hard and we said at the start of this match if we just worked as hard as they were going to work um, our hurling will pay off and that's what I did in the end I'd say yeah. Is there any point during the second half that you thought to yourself God this could be pushing away from us we may not get there No it didn't Martin to be honest and that's not 
sounding cocky or anything but um, I just have huge faith in, in the girls and say I, I slipped away probably for a little while I was, I was putting in hard work and stuff like that but I knew that the girl beside me would step up and um, that's what we did like the backs worked fierce hard and there was probably ball coming back down to them too fast when they were clearing it but um, that's what we are we're a team and we fight together so no I had no doubts that um, we pull pull away I got a few frights every now and again but um, no I, I, I knew it would Fight, fight to the end and um, hopefully get over the line Talk to us as a player you're out on the field you're two points ahead you see St Jude's going bearing down on goal referee nothing happens the next thing he's going in he's chatting with his two umpires behind the goal realistically what are you thinking to yourself? Yeah look to be honest uh, there's mixed emotions but um, I'm a senior player on this team and it's just about keeping everyone else focused um, whatever the result is going to be there's no change in a referee's mind or an umpire's mind once they make a decision that's what the decision is and even if it was penalty a free in what not um, I've fit in in one fifteen, including the subs coming in and that includes Kirsty Mar in the goal. Um so whatever the result, uh we just had to keep our focus and uh, drive on. Was listening to Donald there afterwards as well. He was talking to yourselves in your huddle, was saying that it was a tough game, which it was. I mean in fairness he came out of a really tough semi final there. It doesn't get any easier though. You now go on to the Leinster final. Out at the Ballock is waiting in the wings. They're Leinster champions and they're also all earned champions just before Christmas there as well. So uh, a challenge that's going to be tough but one I'd say you're going to relish. Yeah looking forward to it now. Owlert are a fantastic team. We've been watching them over the last couple of weeks. Uh, a few of us went to the All-Ireland Final and um, they're a great team but um, again we just have to look forward to it take every every match as it comes and we're delighted to be there we'll enjoy the occasion Great week for yourself you were announced last week as the captain of the senior Camogie team for 2022 as you said to Shane earlier on when you were talking to him on scoreline great honour for yourself so you know, been a great week. You go along, you're named as captain, you're now into a Leinster final as well with your club. Can't get any better. No, it's fantastic. As I said, uh, it is a great honour to represent your club and your family and uh, represent the county as senior captain. And especially coming out of this club, there's huge players there. And for me to be named as captain, it was a great honour. Yeah, I mean, Lucinda lifted the cup two years ago. We're not putting any pressure on you now, don't, don't worry. But uh, it would be great again for the two captains to come out of Dixborough to lift the trophy for those years. Ah, yeah, sure, that's the aim. That's the aim at the start of the year. Um, I hope to climb up the steps of the Hogan stand and lift that cup just like Lucinda did and hopefully bring it back to Dixborough. Yeah, you're seen now as a leader, both with Kilkenny and Dixborough. Does it weigh harder on the shoulders? I know, as I said during the week... Um, both in Dixborough and in the Kilkenny camp, there's huge leaders um, on and off the field. We have great management teams with both sides. And I think that takes off a bit of pressure. Obviously, um, I need to step up and keep improving my game and uh, focus on myself and what I can do for the team. But um, no, there's great leaders on the team. So um, everyone steps up. Well, I have no doubt we'll be seeing you later on in the year with both Kilkenny and I'm sure with Dixborough as well. One final word, the support here today. The crowd was absolutely huge here in Palmerstown. It really drove you on. So I'm assuming you're going to put out a plea now for everyone, all Kilkenny people, doesn't have to be Dixborough, to go and support you now in the Leinster final. No, that's it, exactly, Martin. I think that's what got us over the line today. Hearing the likes of John O'Gorman, uh, Brian Phelan, everyone cheering us on on the sideline. Even one, once or twice, I was probably not marking my player. I probably didn't see her. She was behind 
me. Like little things like that, people shouting in at you. Once we get the score, hearing that crowd, it really drives you on. And yeah, we we hope to have a huge support in um, Abbottstown on the 30th, and um, hopefully that'll help us get over the line. Well, we wish you the very best of luck in that Leinster final. I'm sure we'll be there cheering you on as well. And good luck with Kelly Kenny as well during the year. Thanks a million, Martin. Donald Carroll, you must have went through every emotion imaginable during that game. But most importantly, you came away with the victory. You marched on to the Leinster final. Your overall thoughts on the game? Yeah, it was anybody who was at the match. It was like there was three, nearly four different games in it. We got ahead of them at the start, and then at the half time they started to come back into it. They owned it the third quarter altogether. They started running at it. They had that overlap. You can see the kind of training they're doing, the kind of almost like football moves they had working the ball up the field. And then finally, then in the fourth quarter, we managed to deal with that. We got ourselves organised, got sorted, and got our noses back in front just at the right time. Yeah, you had a great start when three points to no score ahead six points to three ahead were you disappointed at half time that you weren't converting the chances ah we were looking as always this is January hurling you're always going to there's always going to be low scoring games you know you have to take take the scores when they come there's a few that we hit narrowly wide having said that the way they were coming back towards the end of the first half we could have even been behind but no we, were, we, we dug deep we didn't panic this team are used to being behind in matches and they know how to respond to it yeah you got the first point of the second half they responded almost immediately and then you had a huge lull he didn't score until the 27th minute in the second half worrying but he ground out and held on for the victory yeah they they set up they pulled deep they took over the midfield that kind of area there they filled that with players and they were able to run the ball and it took us a while just to get figure out what to do with that and get the players to manage it and fortunately we had time to get it sorted and get ourselves back in front yeah they certainly upped the intensity in the second half they started to run at you a small little bit causing a small few problems but you managed to get to that midway through the second half and especially after the water break water break certainly helped you that ah, it did I mean these, these these water breaks they're I don't know whether they should stay or go they kind of change momentum teams lose a bit of momentum at them we were fortunate we picked up momentum that they Jude certainly lost it at that stage there was a break that we needed we needed to regroup and it came at just the right time last five to six minutes frantic stuff talk to us about the very last play of the game Jude's going ahead they're going forward whatever looks like that it was going to be a penalty referee didn't do anything he come out he cleared the ball and the next thing he's in talking with the umpires was your heart in your mouth at that stage uh, it was I was just talking to Kirsty. we have one of the best goalies in the county you know there's no guarantee even they got a penalty they would have scored it you know in fairness but no it was like any time a two point lead is a very very dangerous lead and any time the ball is around your square but the game was more than just that that incident I wouldn't focus too much on that there was, there was you know good decisions and not quite as good decisions for both teams throughout the match I, overall we were very very happy with the result and uh, no, I'd go back to again we have the we have the goalie of the team of the year that you picked I have absolutely no doubt you would have stood up to any penalty Your character really shone out especially the last five to six minutes your backs were throwing everything at it hands, feet you name it anything to dispossess the ball from St Jude's yeah. must have given you great confidence going into the last bit that you were going to grind out the victory uh, Like we have I mean you'll talk to look at the Thomastown match look at the Piltown game look at Gorn in the under 22 this team even if they're a couple of points down they never never stop and it's a great trait that they've developed you know it really is great to watch now I wouldn't mind if they 
gave us a nice easy last 15 minutes at some stage please God the next match which we'll see I was listening to you afterwards you said to the girls that it was a tough game here today which you were dead right it was very tough but as you said to them it's going to be tougher in two weeks time Owl at the Ballock All-Ireland champions from 2021 it's not going to be easy but a challenge I'd say that you're going to relish Ah yes we have absolutely nothing to lose we're just going to play them like they're a good team they have a huge pedigree you know there and, and they're hurling strong right up until the last couple of weeks so they're going to be coming in you know at the peak of their game and haven't had a nice rest it's all up to us now to do it but sure, we'll, we'll approach it like we've approached all the other matches so far and we'll yeah. give it a rattle Your youth and the mixture of experience you see Orla Henrik coming in there as well lots of I suppose uh, fighting for positions going on I'd say the next two weeks are going to be hard training sessions to see who's going to get those spots in the final Oh yes they will Yeah, like you have and Rachel Dowling coming on as well a girl who was off the county under 16 team last year no, so we have a nice we have a nice mix and it's touch wood where it's working so far You're a young enough club in fairness to the Camogie setup that's here you've had great success all throughout underage level and the whole lot but what would it mean to the community for Dixborough to win the Leinster final? I know it would be great being like the, only a couple of years ago there was a great excitement when we won the first you know county now we're in an opportunity to win the Leinster there was around a thousand tickets sold for today there's a great buzz around the place yeah 914 turned up yeah that no, was great great numbers and as we said we, we amalgamated it just did the one club thing um, only at our AGM this year so there's a great um, spirit in the place and a lot of the people who are at the match here today are now heading down to Munkine to the under 21 match down the semi-final so I'm sure it'll be hopefully we can get a nice double win today well please God and we wish you all the very best in the final thank you very much Congratulations to Dixborough. Congratulations to Michael and Barrow Rangers. We tried to cover the two games as extensively as we could. Barrow Rangers going to extra time. So they get a semi-final to look forward to now. Michael a bit more convincing in their victory. Here's some post-match reaction though from Barrow Rangers. Sean and Tracy, we're down a pitch site here in Camros today. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic week for you. Last week, announced as intermediate captain for 2022, yeah. and you have now just gone and best Camros of Leash in your quarterfinal. You march on to the semi-final of the uh, Leinster Club Championship. Mm-hmm. A fantastic week for yourself. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable now. I don't, can't even put it to words now. I'm still just shocked after that. Like, going to extra time, it was right down to the very end, and I knew when they were, it was only a point in it there at the end, and I just, I don't know, like, we dug down deep to get that win but oh we're delighted now absolutely delighted yeah Was there a bit of nerves at the start because from your county final performance mm. it certainly didn't look like that you were playing up to your best ability oh, yeah. um, especially around the field so what was said at half time to yourselves? I think we just knew ourselves like we were much more capable than we showed in the first half and I think we just said everyone was nervous we said we'd calm down go out because we know what we have we're able to do so I think it was just everyone we took uh, four minutes just to breathe take our time because I think we were just running around like headless chickens in the first half like chasing them but we settled and thank God we got to the very end of it You certainly did you were pushed all the way I mean Camros went ahead when Sarah Ann got that goal poor Kayla was on the, the goal I mean just the hair width I mean to the left she saved it you know and it just barely went to the right but the heads didn't drop in fairness you then came along you drew full time into extra time 
So yeah. tell us, what are you feeling after going through 60 minutes of slog and hardship and you have to go an extra 20 minutes then of extra time? Oh, I, I just, <laughs> I think when we, I think we knew ourselves though after, like we knew from the start of the year, last, in previous years we would have dropped the heads immediately, like a goal, you think that's it, now we're done. But so you said we'd fight on to the very end. <laughs> but we, um, we just, oh, I think, I don't even know how to describe it. We're just absolutely delighted now. Absolutely. Can't wait to drive on now in two weeks' time and hopefully celebrate with St. Rhinos is who we're up against. So You have your little supporters here uh, beside us uh, giving you all the praise. But I suppose seeing these young girls that's here, tell us what it feels like to the Barrow Rangers club and to yourself. For such a young girl who hasn't really experienced that much success with Barrow Rangers at adult level before, tell us what it means to the whole, the club and the community. Oh, yeah. I just think even you've seen it in the, kind of final like the support it was just immense like and it's thanks to that and even here today you can see everyone showed up came off to leash like it just we're hopefully driving on Varangers Camogie for future years now and like if the girls can have something to look up to and know that we're going to be playing with them in a couple of years time it just drives on the whole parish really to have a bit of a winning going so yeah it's brilliant, brilliant. Well you'll certainly have more girls looking up to you mm-hmm. the announcement of yourself as the intermediate captain last year I mean it must be a fantastic honour for yourself to represent Varangers but then to do it at county level as well so you're now seen as one of the leaders you certainly showed it out on the fields there especially in extra time as well the way that you're running around the field so give us your emotion of being announced captain oh well I'm absolutely thrilled like it's an honour to say you captained your county in any like level and I'm just delighted I know I, I'm looking forward to getting back to the girls obviously like club is the kind of priority just at the minute but I'm delighted and I'm buzzing now to get back and play with the girls at intermediate level so delighted yeah. well Selbridge or St. Royanus yeah. in the semi-final not being played until next weekend St. Ryan has just won the 2021 mm-hmm. All-Ireland final last weekend so if they do come out against Selbridge you then have them in the semi-final it's not going to be an easy task No definitely not and I think that obviously that game there was stand to us the right to the very end the bitter um, fighting so I'm hoping now we'll, we have two weeks to prepare at least and we'll get ourselves right and settle ourselves and the nerves obviously will be gone now after because obviously it was a break over the Christmas it was tough to stay going the momentum but hopefully now it's back up and we can drive on yeah look forward to it well you certainly did that you do march on into the semi-final of the Leinster Intermediate Championship congratulations Sean and we look forward to seeing more of you with Barrow Rangers and Kilkenny through the year thanks a million thank you Stephen Dormer mixed emotions for yourself first of all congratulations on the victory uh, with Barrow Rangers you march into the semi-final a tough day at the office for yourself uh, yourself and uh, Barry seem to have a bit of a, a running battle going on there but uh, we'll start with the team first of all great victory for yourselves absolutely brilliant um, I suppose the strength of character the girls is absolutely that's about it's all year I suppose I talked with the radio during the week like the girls like Sean Tracy like the Earl of Ambrys these they went back into the backs and and like Ellen Purcell you know I suppose the games during the year the Paddy Hales the James Stevens in the final we, we, we scraped over the line against James Stevens the poor bodies on the line and I suppose these all stand to the girls and they're really really absolutely put their bodies and the last I'd say two minutes of that extra time I said Cam Ross had three chances of taking a shot and we got bodies, blocks in, heads in and that's the character of the girls and you know the tie with their boots on and I suppose they're still living so we're, we're going to travel on up to Offaly now and that's, that's the way it'll go. Yeah we just com- mentioned it in commentary I mean Orla almost 90 minutes played between everything extra time the whole lot I mean she's some woman to keep going the way she did never once went down with cramp you know she kept fighting every ball especially when you put her back into the backster she wasn't the only one every one of the team as you said died with her boots on but you know her best than everyone else 
but in fairness to her, she had an outstanding game again today. Yeah, I listened to a podcast during the week and someone was talking about um, Roy Keane in Man United and setting the tone on the pitch and not doing his talking on the pitch and Arlo's talking on the pitch, he's captain, sets the standard. Like, her stepping three months, like in the winter last year when they were coming back after having kids, they were running, running up and down the pitch, set the tone for the girls, the girls weren't doing it, but they saw her doing it, then they took into it. And that's it, like, they, they set the standard, they, they do the talking on the pitch, the two of them, and they put their bodies on the line and like, week in, week out, like, they're, they're running, when we're, when I know this is running, they're running and they're training. And it's all determined to probably get them, the team over the line, and they set the standard. So like, it's great. And they were, like the last ball one coming out with it was Arla. Like you know, it's, it's fitting for her because she puts such a commitment into it. It's, it's top class. Like and uh, you know, and and the girls follow suit behind it. Like and it's great for her as a role model for the younger girls coming. Like, you know, to what she does for the club. Is it fair to say you probably weren't too happy with the way the first half was panning out for yourselves? We know that they can play an awful lot better. Did nerves play a part in this? Because you didn't seem to play to your potential out there in the first half. No, I suppose um, Colette was injured going into the game and we knew she was in bother with her back. Um, she hasn't so kind of probably a little bit and then losing Anna Purcell probably upset the girls a little bit like coming into the game you know we, we had a meeting last night we spoke about it we went through it a whole lot but it does when, when you're two of your main players are probably carrying knocks and injuries you know it does upset them a little bit but um, no like I suppose you'll have days like that when you don't exactly fire on all cylinders and you know and you still get over the line so like we were happy that we got there you know but we didn't fire all cylinders today you're dead right Martin Your team showed great character especially in that extra time period we were commentating on the, the match itself but we think ourselves your astute move was actually putting Miriam Bambrick up into the forward line she done untold damage especially to the forward she was able to run at him and when you get the ball into her quicker she done an awful lot with it and that score that she got up there almost on the end line I don't know how she done it but it just goes to show the player Miriam is Oh she's class like and I suppose Martin we tried it at the start with Shauna in there with the pace Shauna has we went for the same thing and we we, we went with Shauna and Colette inside the, the pace of Shauna off of Colette like, and then we don't, we went at the end at, up the hill we played here before and we know going up the hill it's very hard to catch Lexi Murray or, or Shauna Tracy up that hill when they take off and the, the pace to have but the, the, she was very unlucky not to get a goal that came out the keeper got a great save off it and she was very unlucky I suppose going down the hill at, in normal time to not get a goal got blown for over carrying it but like no she's class acting I suppose that move we talked about it we, we knew ourselves it's, it was there to happen and we tried it a couple of times in challenge matches and it, it really does work the character of that team really shone through there, especially near the end of it, to come away with a win. Because let's be fair, everyone probably had you as underdogs coming into it. Camros had been there or there before. They'd been in Leinster finals. But you put it up to them every step of the way and it must be great to come away with the victory. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Like I knew coming up and like we hadn't much homework done on Camros, but we we knew that Sarah Fitzgerald had sent her back and stuff coming up here. They're, they're an absolutely brilliant crowd. Like, And I'd love to be, to, to be my supporters. Like They're so enthusiastic they're shouting and roaring they're, they're cheering on every score they're hearing massive numbers and, and they're, they're real hurling people they're real camogie people and, uh, and like we knew coming up here it wasn't going to be easy it was going to be a tough one no different than going to Michel or going to any of these places in the country you know they're, they're tough they're passionate and they're driven like, and, and like we got here first thing they offered us tea, uh, tea and sandwiches and the whole lot but they're lovely people but when the hurling starts they are a tough crowd yeah, there's no love lost once you cross that white line. I suppose that goes the same between coaches and the referees as well. We won't get you into too much trouble. We know that you're a man that wears his heart on his sleeve, but a little bit different coaching from the, the sideline. You were just down in front of us today. A uh, small little bit of a battle with the referee. Ah, yeah. I, I'm not sure, actually, I don't even know his name, but uh, 
he ah, he's a bit, he gets a bit fussy I suppose at times you know there was an ad there I saw on, on, podca- on podcast or one of them things that Twitter where the referees if you don't get the referee where the bad referees go well some of them go to the camogie so um, I'd put him in that bracket I'd say he was definitely in that ad yeah but well sure look we can't have matches without him but in fairness now uh, St. Rhinus or Selbridge in the semi-final that game wasn't played today obviously because Rhinus was in the Holland final last weekend so that game being played next Saturday but it'll be a tough one whoever comes out of that oh yeah definitely um, I suppose like Rhinus uh, we went down to watch him against Michael. they're a brilliant organised organised team they're well drilled you know they have a great system of play they play lovely camogie like, and, and that's you know and then I watched Selbridge against them in, a, in the Leinster final and they were absolutely Selbridge were very very lucky they got a great start they got 1-1 up early you know and they probably gave away two soft goals just after half time but like that'll be a ding-dong battle between the two teams Selbridge are a good young fast team and hopefully um, hopefully Selbridge win you hope Selbridge <laughs> are, are you putting that now that Selbridge will win or is it just a hope it's just a hope <laughs> well one way or another anyway we wish you the very best of luck Stephen in the semi-final um, just, I was talking to Sean earlier before we just leave it tell us what it means to the Barrow Rangers club and to the whole community to have the team going so well especially at Leinster now you're in the semi-final I suppose um, it's not today or yesterday this, this all started I suppose the underage in the club has been brilliant the numbers the work they're putting in like, there's people behind the scenes like the Mary Galways like they're doing massive work in the last couple of years to, to make Camogie promote Camogie in the club and it's it's great for them it's great for the people of the Pawson like you know they're training under race teams you see all the young girls here today it's brilliant but also then we have the development going on like it's after lifting the whole parish I suppose and even I see the mess you're going out now we're sowing trees in the morning around the new pitch the new facilities 300 trees to be sown and getting people out to do it like you know the likes of Martin Marr and these lads massive amount of work and when you see that new pitch coming along and the new facilities and the whole lot there is a great buzz in the village at the moment and the new walking track and stuff and like the, the village is buzzing this is helping like, massively like you know that the people are getting out on a Saturday seeing it and then digging in on a Sunday morning and sowing trees like you know so it's great it's great to, at the moment to be part of our Rangers I've been around a long time in Bar Rangers and we had some bleak days too like you know so it's great to be this side of the time when you're getting the, the just rewards of all the hard work underage has been doing in the club and people have been doing around the village Well congratulations we look forward to the semi-final whoever it is that you're going to be playing and please God you never know we might be looking forward to a Leinster final as well Stephen Dormer oh, Hopefully we'll stay going anyway we'll stay on this journey and hopefully as long as we can stay going we'll see a bit of the country perfect well good man thanks for that thanks very much no other Camogie to Carlo GAA we spoke with Niall Carew and with Pat Murphy from the football and hurling side of things here is what Niall Carew had to say Welcome back to Scoreline. I'm now joined on the line by Carlos Senior Football Manager Niall Carew. Niall, thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us. No bother, Shane. Obviously, the O'Byrne Cup came back last Wednesday. Great getting to see the Carlo players back out. Uh, obviously, a different change up uh, in lineup from the last time you played a competitive game. First of all, before the game, how excited were you to get back out into the pitch? Uh, yeah, Shane, it was great. And I suppose. You know, we are certainly in a rebuilding process here in Carlo. Um, you know, I suppose what happened to us was that we had a gulf of players that just all finished up at the one time because of, I, I suppose, rather time caught up in them. And all of them players certainly owe Carlo football nothing and Carlo people had great time watching them. Um, so I suppose the problem we have as a management team now is that we have to bring in an awful lot of lads together. Um, uh, to try and get them up to the speed of inter-county football. But look, we knew that coming in, that's our job. 
and um, it's going to take time but we're looking forward to it and all the lads are working very hard yeah, I suppose the kind of the lineup is different to what people would be accustomed to. With Daniel St. Ledger retiring in twenty twenty, then you had uh, uh, Redmond and uh, Broderick retiring just uh, after the last championship as well. But it does give that kind of impetus for new players that are coming in to be able to cement their place. Ah, oh, yeah, and Chris Blake on available, and John Murphy and Mark Fury and lads like that. So yeah, yeah the list goes on. But I mean, that's it. I mean, you can only train what what what's available to you and um, you know, the panel of players I have at the moment yeah the result wasn't mighty uh, on Thursday night against Kildare um, but we learned a hell of a lot and you know with some bright stars coming through especially in defence um, with uh, Shane Boogie and um, Tegan Bradley and you know Connor Dyle was a real leader for us I felt at times and uh, Dara Curran as well you know so, I mean, you know, all is not lost. It's going to take a while for these boys to, to bed into the inter-county football. But at least, um, you know, I know Conor Dyle has been there a while, but we didn't see much of him last year through injury. But he, he certainly looks the real leader, along with, um, you know, Boogie and uh, Dara Corn as well. So I'm excited uh, with them prospects going forward. And, you know, when you, you're, you're without the services of, Jamie Clark, who has been probably one of my best players since I arrived. Uh, Jordan Morrissey out injured. Josh Moore, Ross Dunphy. Uh, we could only play uh, Hulton for a half, and he came on and scored two great points. Um, so you know, and we we also, in fairness, um, we had a couple of injuries during that game as well, which which probably cost us. And we ended up playing fourteen lads against Kildare, uh, who were Division One side. Uh, and who had everyone available from bar Jimmy Highland that's going to play against Kerry in two weeks. Uh, so we can play 14 lads that never played uh, inter-county football before with Carlos. So it was a big ask, and they've done a big shift, but, you know, what let us down was experience, and, uh, we know, we need to condition our guys more physically uh, and mentally, and that's going to take time. And in fairness to the county board, they know we're in a building process, uh, and it's time for patience now to give these lads a chance and develop them. And, and we're looking forward to that, Shane, you know. And you mentioned George Morrissey's injury there as, uh, uh, as well. Obviously, he is having high hopes in the Sigerson Cup. Are you keeping an eye on that cup going ahead? Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and in fairness, Shane, Jordan didn't play last week against Finucle because of that injury. Yeah. And Josh picked up a few injuries. And Jamie Clark is doing exams. Uh, and Ross Dunphy is injured as well. So, yeah, look, I mean, you can't take that quality out of our team and think that you're going to uh, really contend against the Division 1 side. You know, that's not going to happen uh, overnight. Um, so, But again, I mean, we've probably learned a hell of a lot more in that game than Kildare did. Um, and, you know, the learning that we'll get from that game will, you know, that will be good for us uh, when we play London in two weeks' time. Uh, unfortunately, the game against Westmeath that is uh, scheduled for tonight, uh, being Saturday, it has been called off. Um, is there any kind of, I, I suppose, disappointment would be a big worry for you just to see the lads back out there again? Yeah, no, I, I, I we just couldn't play it. We, we've uh, four lads out with COVID. Um, we have, uh, you're only looking at 36 hours before we played our last game. And then lads have played Sigerson, six lads have played Sigerson before that as well. So, um, physically, it wasn't possible for the players. I couldn't subject lads to play a game half-injured uh, because I've one eye on London, and the other side of it is uh, the numbers just didn't stack up. Um, so, uh, it just wasn't possible to play that game uh, between COVID and injuries. 
uh, and then lads are out in Sigerson then again on Tuesday. So um, it just it, it just wouldn't add up to play that game. You'd be suiting no one. Uh, certainly wouldn't be suiting Carlow football to play that game anyway. Um, so no, our job is to make sure that we have these lads hitting the ground running against London, which every game is going to be tough for us in Division 4. We know that. You could win them all by a pint or lose them all by a pint. That's the way it is. Uh, but look, we're very confident and uh, that we can improve this group of players and uh, get them into, um, I suppose, competing at a higher level. And, and that's what our job is, Shane. Uh, are you looking, when we spoke to you before, you had your eye on the championship, a championship run. Um, would the league take more precedent now or are you still kind of within that mind frame of uh, a day out in Crow Park would be better than any kind of league triumph? Yeah, look, I mean, I suppose the here and now is always the most important thing. So what's in front of us is the most important. And London at the moment is the most important. But your last game is always the most important one, Shane, whether that's in the league and obviously championship. You know, everyone likes to be a big run in the championship. Uh, but of course, the league is very important for, you know, breeding players and blooding them and making sure it can get up to a, a proper level. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to the league. Um it's a big ask for us to get out of the division, but it's an ask that, you know, I, I think, you know, if we got on a good run, that it could happen if we, you know, our injuries cleared up and we were in good shape going into all these games. But then, yeah, we can match anyone in that division. Niall, thanks ever so much for being so uh, considerate with your time. Uh, we're hoping to have more kind of Carlo football success coming our way. We tremendously enjoyed the club championship over the past few weeks, ending with Ravilli uh, defeating Aerog and stopping their five in a row. Aerog doing well at intermediate under 20 has provided great entertainment for us here at KCLR. Hopefully on the inter-county level now in the next few months we'll be able to have that same level of joy and entertainment. Best of luck for the rest of the season, sir. Thanks, Shane. Thanks very much. Niall Carew, stick around here on Scoreline. Lots more still to come. And now on to Carlos selector, Pat Murphy. You're, uh, in your first match there in the Kyo Cup uh, you had a, a great battle against Kildare in the league and um, it's always good contest when these two counties come together isn't it? Yeah it's very much so yeah, I suppose they're neighbouring counties and uh, bordering along the northern borders there of Carlow so uh, yeah traditionally I suppose Kildare and Carlow would always have been close matches and uh, when it comes to championship in particular I suppose they're very competitive and very close last year was no different uh, it was nip and tuck the whole way we got out at the, uh, at the end of it but in a very uh, close run affair so um, yeah we're looking forward to that and I suppose the Cup is an opportunity for us like really uh, prior to the league and prior to the championship um, with a home match now so I suppose just look at players young players coming on and, and maybe a bit of you know experimentation and seeing wh- wh- where we're at like you know what I mean and um yeah, given everyone, uh, given young players in particular a run out, um, I think would be the order today. Yeah, and it, was that something that you were disappointed last year that you know you didn't kind of have the opportunity? Those pre-season matches, they're they're really beneficial, aren't they? Just in terms of scouting out new talent. Definitely. Um, yeah, you need you need a kind of you know. Um, some kind of basis to prepare and uh, ideally the Kyo Cup is ideal for us was especially just uh, at the beginning of the year uh, to look at players and uh, give them get game time into them and uh, look at their strengths and build on any weakness that we can see within that context um, yeah it's avoid last year was hugely broken up and a late start it was April by time so there was really no pre-season very much uh, it was you know it was very difficult to get um 
to get a look at players and then you were right into it so it wasn't ideal this is it, well it's not ideal this year either but it's much it's much better and uh, the Kyo Cup is an, as I say we have a home match now on Sunday and it'll be an ideal opportunity to, to look at a, a, a good number of players so yeah. that's what we hope to do and it's really important I suppose especially for this Carlo team because you've had a lot of retirements just to, to be able to yeah. kind of look yeah. at the new talent that is coming through that's vitally important for you at this stage yeah yeah, I don't like I don't like that word in transition because that can be used as an excuse or anything. But uh, the truth of the matter is, I suppose that a number of players have uh, retired over the last number of years. Was coming to mind there: Edward Bourne, Alfie Carter, and Seamus Murphy, no longer with us, and like uh, they were big players in the past, and along with others as well. So, uh, yeah, the whole thing we have a lot. We're excited, I suppose, in the sense that we have a lot of young young talent coming in that have been with the under twenties and that. I'm not going into naming players because. I uh, don't want to put them under any pressure but we have serious talent there and uh, that's all they need to know so but look they have to there's a long process there in uh, giving them game time getting them up to uh, what it is to be a county hurler uh, in today's context like so that's a, that's a huge thing but they're, they're a very genuine bunch uh, they're very enthusiastic um, I think they're willing to learn and um and um, yeah, we're, we're very positive and looking forward to the future in Carlow mm-hmm. with many you know, young players coming through. And this is your second year involved, Pat. What were some of maybe just reflecting on last season? What were some of the positives that that you took from 2021 that maybe you're going to try and build on this year? Yeah, look, I suppose if I'm looking for positives, I suppose it was those some, I suppose, that re- refreshing the panel and uh, younger players coming on. I suppose it was Tommy Mullally and Christy Keeley and Paddy Mullally's first year in charge there too. And they brought a whole new uh, approach, I suppose, from like, um, I suppose the previous man had been there for four years and had done an excellent job and got some serious wins under the belt, but it was time for a change. And uh, the new men in are hugely professional in their approach. And um, I think that all augurs all well. Uh, for the future of Carla Hurling, like you know, it's it's a completely uh, 2022 uh, inter-county hurling has moved on to a, a, a seriously new level, and um, I suppose all the boxes in relation to various uh, aspects of preparation have to be ticked, uh, like in um, like building up the physical attributes of the players and mental attributes, uh, you know, strength and conditioning, um, the physio looking after themselves, nutrition-wise. Uh, so there's a lot of boxes to be ticked. And um, and um, I think uh, we're we're attempting to address all those with the with the players on an individual and collective basis. Mm. And and just you mentioned there, like the future of of Carlo Hurlan and like, is there an optimism out there? Do you think in the county that uh, you know that the, the future is bright? Like, what are kind of the long term ambitions for the county in terms of? Yeah, hurling? look, it's hard to know what's out there, but I suppose like in the bubble that you're in with the county team, I suppose it's weird that we have. To look after that and see where we're at and what and the agenda that we set for ourselves. So yes, we certainly would be uh, would be very positive uh, in, in terms of uh, what we hope to achieve with the players. And uh, I know you were saying about goals and what our goal for the years. And I suppose the goals is to be seriously competitive and um, to use league really as a preparation for championship and uh, to get especially using the Kyo Cup uh, to use players like uh, to build up experience and to give them a run out. And 
and uh, and also then to work on the attributes that you know that lead to success ultimately, and that they, they they of course will be work rate and team play, support play, like running off the shoulder now is a big thing in hurling, intelligent hurling, using players have to use their heads now more than ever, and they have to be able to think for themselves and make decisions, and uh, we're I suppose working on all that, and that's what an intercounty player is at the moment. You know they have to be really you know uh, professional and driving and driving it on as well then like you know so there's a huge amount of aspects again mm. I, I suppose the big thing for Carlo is belief and uh, you know moving on maybe from tradition moving on to a, a higher level of belief that there can be they can be as good as any player in any county and I suppose that's the thing that players have to take on themselves like you know and that uh, feeding into that then would be their preparation and um, and uh, how they um, you know how, how much they put into the, themselves but I don't think there's anything they all love their hurling um, and I think everyone can see nowadays that there is an opportunity for all players like you know to to reach the top level Yeah and like you mentioned it there like and it's a really interesting point you know the importance of being an intelligent player because especially in the modern modern mm-hmm. era because there's so much tactical play going on isn't there it's it's not just about kind yeah, of getting your well, strength and conditioning you know kind of operating at peak levels it's about kind of being uh, situationally aware and uh, yeah being aware of all those kind of tactics that are at play as well Absolutely, and being able to see what's happening on the field, and I suppose the more mature players get, then the more they'll be able to make decisions for themselves, rather than you know selectors on the sideline having to you know intervene or make 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 you know decisions for players. So the more that the players are able to you know make decisions for themselves, and yes, at the same time the balance has to be given to give players their head. You can't have too streamlined a system where there where it uh, you know uh, it stops them from you know that that vital component in hurling some some of the stuff can be off the cuff and it can be unrehearsed in a sense and the yeah. freedom so it's getting the balance between both of those but get intelligence as you say and uh, some point now here I think is a, is a huge factor in the modern game and, and, and decision making on the field and, and thinking like you know thinking thinking, thinking while, while, while you're hurling is hugely important Yeah like and you kind of hit the nail um, on the head there as well just in terms of balance like balancing that free flowing play with kind of you know you know tactical um, sort of approach as well like it can be difficult for players though can't it yeah, it can be difficult for players and they don't want to get too caught up in too in tactics yet they have to be tactically hugely aware but they also like have to have enough trust in themselves to to do you know I mean, because a lot of them ball, ball falling between forwards can break in any number of directions and it's to be able to read that game like you know and also to, a level of trust between players and selectors that you know that, that they have that bit of freedom to do to do that but within you know the context of being a serious team player See, it all comes down to team play as well, like you know, and uh, being, the, you know, uh, being a team player. And what does that mean? I suppose players have worked out that for themselves, like you know, I mean, because there's a, like the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And uh, so, really, like you know, um, I, sometimes I, I admire teams, and I, I would see it maybe in the likes of the Shamrocks at times, like they will always play in the best play, place player, even if there's a seventy percent chance of goal of a goal of a player getting it. 
if there's, if there's a guy in a, with a 90% chance he'll get that ball and it'll be stuck in the back of the net and there'll be no you know no questions asked so it's all about like think that's again going back to thinking like um, it's uh, playing for the team and, and seeing what the best options are like and absolutely not being in any sense or form like a Mayfane or a greedy player but I think that, that players realise that because that's the best chance then they have of uh, attaining where they want to go if they play together like you know it's a cohesive unit yeah that's that's really interesting point like um, kind of on just you know seeing seeing who's open and who's in the best position to score um, yeah it's all about kind of building that that mindset really but uh, yeah just one last thing then Pat um, I, I see that it's, it's home advantage but it's also going to be free admission there this Sunday so it kind of bodes well really doesn't it for getting a good crowd down to Netwatch Cullen Park on Sunday yeah, well, you know, it's early in the year and I suppose people are looking for in these COVID times uh, things to go to and, and things. So it'll be a great opportunity for people free admission in. So look at them uh, and to see what young players are coming coming, coming on stream. So it, it is, a, yeah, and a home match for us as well. So we're, we're, we are looking forward to it. And as I say, it would be a great uh, opportunity for us to see the players that are available to us as we build, like, you know, for the for the league ahead. And in the league then, like, you know, I mean, we have down and West me down away West me Kerry Kildare and me all those teams will seriously uh, see this as an opportunity of uh, going all the way like to Division 1 and I suppose uh, as I say our, our aim will be definitely to be hugely competitive in that uh, if we get all those things I mentioned about work rate team play belief uh, in the, you know, enjoyment and playing with enthusiasm and all the attributes that lead to success and no reason why we can't do that I think we also will be seriously competitive there and um, look at it would be great and I think it would be everyone's and it should be everyone's um, what would you call it I suppose ambition I suppose it should be everyone's mm-hmm. young players ambition to uh, play Division 1 or in next year and uh, there's every opportunity for us to do that and I suppose the other, the other teams are in, in the same position so um, we're, we're, yeah, we're, the, the, league, the league will be hugely important for us as of course will be the championship and when, when that arrives that's, that's a good bit away now at the, at the moment and um, so look, yeah, looking forward to the whole thing with, with enthusiasm Yeah absolutely and it, it all kicks off on, on Sunday well listen Pat thanks so much I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, take the call with me and sure look best of luck on Sunday well, thanks very much, Sinead. Uh, take care and God bless. All things rugby now. Carlo Manton Daly speaks as he rests up with his injury on his new contract with Connacht. Yeah, obviously it was uh, a nice bit of... Uh, it's a nice bit of security, first and foremost, for the next two years. I know it's uh, difficult times for everyone, so to be able to sign a contract to ensure a job for the next two years is very nice and uh, puts the mind at ease a little bit but and you can just see the way Connacht are going I know I know yesterday the the result didn't go our way but Leicester Tigers are probably the best team in Europe at the minute they've I think they're 12 from 13 uh, games in the Premiership and in Europe this year and it's a game we really should have won so you can see we're up there with the, with the best when we're on our, on our day in, in Connacht so I just think the way things are going here the team is going up and I'm loving life in Galway, so I just think it was the right thing for me to commit to another couple of years up here anyway. Yeah, yesterday in particular, a heartbreaking end uh, in the end against uh, Leicester. But before we kind of delve into that, you mentioned you're kind of you living in Galway. A lot of people don't see that from a sports person perspective. Um, a two-year contract 
it, it is that great security, especially when you're up and leaving your life behind to move to a different county, move to a different province. How much have you enjoyed then living in Galway since 2018? Uh, no, it's been class. It, uh, I was obviously obviously in Carlo for most of my life, and then I was in Dublin for a couple of years in college and playing with Leinster, and then moving to Galway was a, was a big change from Dublin. It's a, a lot smaller, a lot more community feel here, probably a lot more like Carlo, to be honest. But um, no, it's just I've got a lot more comfortable here over the last few years. My girlfriend has moved up this year as well, which is nice. So um, it's kind of becoming a bit of a home away from home for me up here now, and and um, yeah it's just a lovely place to live especially when the, when the weather's half decent which isn't too often but it's a nice day here today so it's nice <laughs> a nice place nice place to get out and about but uh, no like, as I said life is good good up there and um, I'm enjoying it and the rugby's going well so I don't have too much to complain about yeah and considering like you, you have your kind of life settled you were still linked with some moves away was it something that you were seriously considering or was it just a matter of waiting on Connacht to, to come up with the offer uh, like it was uh, um, to be honest if Connacht, when Connacht told me they wanted to keep me it was kind of it was kind of a no-brainer for me really there was a few whispers and stuff about other other clubs and stuff going around but uh, I think once I saw how how Connacht started the year and with some of the names that they tied down early as well like the likes of Jack and stuff who Jack Carty who obviously would have had a lot of uh, interest elsewhere as well and when, when you see lads like him committing and Finley Bealham and then like and then I think I was the next one so it's just like when you see big, bigger names or big names in the club committing as well and we kind of have a have a really good squad building here and when, when everyone's committed to the same thing it's, it's easy to it's easy to commit and in rugby going to a new club is hard like it's, it's you know I didn't know who the coaches of the other clubs were going to be so it was kind of a no-brainer no-brainer for me really in the end yeah, certainly was. Uh, how was it in the end, anyway? Kind of watching on uh, that heartbreaking defeat yesterday to Leicester, down to the dying moments of the game. Uh, you know, I know you're out injured and stuff, but the sentiment in the squad must be complete disappointment. Yeah, listen, it was uh, it was heartbreaking, really watching on from the sideline. You know, when you're injured, all you want to do is be out there, but just felt for the lads because they were they were so good for whatever 70 71 minutes of the game and then it just seemed to Leicester kind of up the gear and we had a few silly mistakes in the last few minutes and they ended up ended up running in that try in the 82nd minute to to win the game and I know there was a bit of controversy over the over the grounding and was his foot in touch and was it not but I don't think we can really blame that try we had an 18 point lead and we let that slip so that's that's the disappointing thing but I think uh, looking at some of the other results last night and, and this morning as well I think we're still in a good place to qualify if we can go to Paris next week and get some sort of points over in Stad we'll, uh, we should be in a good place to head into the knockout stages of Europe which is something that a Connor team hasn't done before so um, we'll be looking forward to that next week And uh, is that maybe too far of a distance for you to be considered to to be back up and, and playing properly um, how is the injury going for yourself? Yeah next week will just be a week too soon um, the injury is going well it was uh, I tore two ligaments in my right knee which um, that's a substantial enough injury but it wasn't any, it wasn't any of the cruciate ligaments or anything like that so um, it was a fairly straightforward rehab process but it just have to respect the healing time and uh, it'll be I think 12 weeks in total that'll be out which which is, it seems like a lot but in the grand scheme of things it can be a lot worse when you see when you see some lads out for 8-9 months with injuries um, I was very lucky not to have done something too serious so um, I think 
I'm hoping to be back training with the team next week, but I'll probably have to do a week or two, a week or two uh, training to get my fitness back. And and I think we're playing Glasgow in two weeks' time, and then Ulster the following week. So hopefully, one of them two games, I'll be able to sneak back into the team for. But unfortunately, next week in Paris, which it is a bit of a glamour fixture, and you you love playing in the European games, but that would probably come a week too soon. But as I said, if we can qualify, hopefully I'll get I'll be in contention for the knockout stages, which would be really nice. I was just about to say, like uh, match fitness is kind of on parallel to to anything, particularly in rugby as well. You can do all the different drills and stuff to prepare your body for something like that, but it's a match that really kind of sets the tone for you. So, will you be expecting then to be somewhat involved in competitive fixtures straight away, or is there any kind of, you know? Uh, you'll be playing more uh, challenge match that may have been set up or anything like that or will you be just thrown straight in? Uh, well, the way, train, the way training in, in Connacht and I, uh, and I know in Leinster it was the same and I'm sure it's the same in all the top teams across Europe training is pretty much at a higher intensity than games are. They train because there's not as much contact in training they train faster so you'd be you'd be um, blowing harder than you would be in a match at any stage but I know that I know the contact element as well like it doesn't you can't really replicate that in training or in fitness you can do all the all the running and running into bags and running into people in training as much as you want but there's nothing that replicates it like like a match so um, I know from coming back from any injury I've been at the first game back is always absolutely horrible because you can't you just can't replicate it so um I'll, I'll probably do two weeks training with the team first before I can be eligible to be selected for the team so um, I'm hoping to train a little bit next week and then full full training session the week after and then hopefully be available for that Ulster game which I think is, is provisionally fixed for the 4th of February so what are we two or three weeks away from playing but um, no we'll see how it goes anyway and, and if I'm selected I'm selected it's up to friendly then if you want to take me <laughs> uh, you're sitting currently eighth in the in the URC at the moment. Four wins, four losses. Uh, looking on from the sideline for some of that, I'd imagine. But uh, you know, what, what's the? How can you start climbing the table? I suppose consistency would be key. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's the word that's been thrown around with comic teams over the last last three or four years since I've been here. Anyway, we've had some huge wins, um, and then we seem to slip up on some of the easier games. Like even if you look at last year, we beat. Munster, Ulster and Leinster all in their home pitches which are probably the three hardest games in the league and then we had some losses that we really should have won and um, I just think this year we've kind of turned that page a little bit I know the table probably doesn't reflect it but we've had some of our tougher games out of the way now we've played Leinster away we've played Munster away and we've played Ulster away as well so them three big the three traditionally hardest fixtures of the year are, are out of the way so hopefully we have a nice run of fixtures between now and the end of the year and we can start to gradually climb the table and hopefully get into the knockout stages um, I just think the way the league is set up this year as well um, it's a little bit harder for the Irish teams because we end up playing each other more times than more times than say the Scottish teams play the Irish teams just because of uh, Covid they have it set up that you kind of don't travel as much so it's a little bit harder for us this year, but I'm sure with the with the way we're playing at the minute, we should be able to climb that table and get into the knockout stages anyway. And uh, you yourself then, kind of maybe a bit of a setback with the injury, but you earned a, a call up to the Irish squad for the summer test. Is that something that you're going to be aiming to do again in 2022? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the the injury didn't. Is, well, everyone has injuries, and they're going to happen in your career. But it probably just came at a bit of an annoying time for me. Um, I had been in the Irish squad in the summer and didn't quite get the cap so I would have been looking to kick on then and maybe get involved in the November squad or even the Six Nations squad this year but um, that's more than likely not going to happen now because I haven't played in in eight or nine weeks so 
maybe that's number two or that's what I'll have my eye on. I'm just, but first and foremost, I'm, I'll be focusing on getting back in that Connacht team because all the lads are playing very well and as you know the centre is a fairly attritional position and there's a, a lot of good centres in the country so getting into that Connacht team um, first and foremost will be my target and then playing consistently well for Connacht and if I keep doing that then maybe something down the line will some international honours might come but uh, my focus now is just getting back fit, getting on the pitch and playing well for Connacht really. Tom, thanks so much for your time. We're looking forward to following that journey as as it unfolds before our eyes. Best of luck with getting that injury. We'll be looking forward to you hopefully playing against Glasgow or Ulster, as you said. Um, but thanks very much for taking the call and enjoy that good weather you're having up in Galway. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often, but yeah, thanks a million, Shane, and thanks for having me on there. It's good to be on. Tom Daly, top man. We're looking forward to seeing him back out on the field very soon. Here's Kilkenny head coach David O'Connor on the challenges ahead in the new year. Leinster having a great victory today, but it wasn't so rosy for Kilkenny yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 um, I feel sorry for Montpellier today. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty, um, pretty miserable result for us yesterday. Uh, 58-7 loss. Um, first half I think we went in 21-0 um, but we just didn't perform uh, had a few injuries a good few people recovering from COVID still myself included um, a few terrible injuries throughout the year but it was just one of those days where absolutely nothing went our way um, having said that look we're playing against top class opposition in Monkstown and there's a few ex-professionals there um, a few guys from Connacht Academy uh, Leinster Academy Irish under 20s so we were playing against top top class opposition to be honest um, but yeah look it, it just wasn't our day um, so we're just wiping that um, summed up um, summed up what we felt about it and just going to move on to the next game which is uh, three points away um, with the stop starting, and we've talked to James Blanchfield before and on our Knock On Rugby podcast talking about the injuries, and uh, a lot of teams seem to be suffering. But when we were talking with uh, uh, Corey Carty and Morris Lowe from Tullow and Carlow yeah. Rugby Club, they kind of insinuated that the stop start nature of the league, where there was games meant to be going ahead last week and you were preparing for them, and then that preparation gets thrown out the window, and then because the games get postponed and moved to a different time, is, has that been a really hard thing to manage? Yeah, it has, um, and, and I do feel sorry for the players. Um, like guys prepping all week, good preparation, preparing for the likes of a Dundalk or an Ashburn, um, and then all of a sudden having to turn our attention to Monkstown or Bechtels, who are totally different styles of rugby, I guess. Um, so it means a different change in game plan. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's been an unusual two years. Um, I guess the last two years or three years even are now affected by COVID, but. Um, look, we're we're learning to deal with it. Um, I know we had a couple of injuries ourselves uh, ourselves the last few weeks, and that Dundalk match last week, we would have struggled to feel 15 um, because of the amount of people out with COVID. So, um, yeah, look, it is it is frustrating, but you just you just have to deal with it. I think people are kind of used to games being called off, but it's just trying to keep lads interested, um, and that goes first team level and second team level trying to get them engaged at training regardless of whether there's a match at the weekend or not um, yeah it, it's, it, it is a challenging time alright but um, but look we're used to it at this stage um, like, do you feel then because the ambiguity that's surrounding it do you feel that we will indeed be able to finish off the, the, the league because the numbers are still skyrocketing um, 
having games and weekends been postponed due to it doesn't kind of lend itself to having a, a very positive end, does it? Um, I, I, to answer your first question, I, I think we will finish the season. Um, like we're, I think we're three points or three games behind the rest of the teams, um, or two games now because everyone had one week off. Um, but I think they're going to prioritise the, the finishing the league over the Towns Cup. Um, so, like, yeah, I do, I do think we will finish it. I do think it's going to be pretty challenging. Um, luckily enough, um, most people on our team have gone through having COVID before Christmas um, so hopefully well, I'm quite hopeful that no one else will contract us over the next few weeks and on our side we should be able to see it for the next few weeks but yeah it's going to be a long drawn out season but the most important thing is we, we get players on the pitch because uh, I know the last few years I think last year 19 players left Kilkenny whether it was to join another team or just, just to give up playing because they're frustrated with the lack of lack of games going ahead and training for weeks and weeks and then games being cancelled last minute so just we, we need to finish the league this year if there needs to be a champion there um, and I think we just need to move on to next year then I was just about to say uh, for the squad in general have you seen a drop off because of the uncertainty or have you noticed that players are committed as ever but you kind of just answered there 19 people not uh, kind of partaking with Kilkenny for whatever reason that's a big drop off and mm. it's a bit concerning yeah, it is, and um, you probably hear the same from the likes of like Carlos and Tullos. Like, we just we can't handle numbers like that, really. Um, it's uh, it's different for Dublin teams who have um, a huge player pool to choose from, and teams of our players will be jumping from one team to the next. But uh, in Kilkenny, when you when you have 19 players leaving to join either other teams because they're in college in Dublin or Cork, or people just retiring or being frustrated by by lack of games. Um, yeah, it's, it is tough to deal with, um, and I'm hopeful over the next few years we're able to produce a few people from underage level that will, will stick around at Kilkenny Rugby Club. Um, but, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, I was just when you touching upon the underage level. Uh, we see like Noel Devlin is is consistently doing things with schoolboys and schoolgirls. Uh, it's just yeah. a lot of great things are happening from a Leinster kind of development point of view. Are you noticing all those things in Kilkenny as well? Because there's still young people are still rabid to play. Yeah, um, over the last few years, you've had very few come up from underage, underage which is a bit disappointing. Um, some guys went up to college in Dublin and moved to AIL clubs to play under 20s. Um, but yeah, I like we played yesterday and before our game, um, the under 18s uh, had a great win against Gorey. Um, Gary does doing a great job coaching them. Uh, and then the under 16s lost narrowly to, to Clendalkin. And between the two crews, the under 18s and the under 16s, there's, there's some really good talent there. But it's about holding on to that talent and making sure not just the best players, but all the players keep playing rugby because that's what you want. Like Everyone's not going to hit their peak when they're 16, 17, 18. Uh, I've seen players develop at 24, 25 and become first-team players. So it's important that, that you give everyone a chance and just try to push everyone through the ranks uh, to move and play second rugby or first rugby um, rather than people dropping off. Cause we're just after seeing a huge number of drop-offs over the last couple of years. Yeah, sounds good. It's 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 not not sustainable if if the yeah. talents are going to different parts of the country. Um, obviously, you mentioned colleges there that'll play a big part in where where people mm-hmm. uh, apparently want to play and, and stuff like that. Uh, as a season as a whole, though, how how have you found if we're getting away from you know the the, the injuries and the COVID stuff? How have yeah. you found uh, playing with the lads that have been there and have uh, stuck around with Kilkenny? How have they been enjoying the season when they get to play? 
Yeah, look, I, I can't question the guy's commitment. Um, there's a serious, talented group there. Uh, as I said, going back to numbers, that is the issue. Um, it probably just is that we're lacking a bit of strength and depth. But in terms of the attitude of training and the actual talents there itself, um, it, it's it's pretty high level. Um, there's a good mix in age grade. Like our, our backline's quite young. There's a few 18, 19 year olds who are now making a big impression at first level, uh, and then the seconds just narrowly lost last weekend. Um, and yeah, I think things are in a good place. Um, we have a few challenging games in the next three weeks. We have Sea Point who are top of the table next week. That's an away match, and then Bechtel's the following two weeks. Um, which one of those is a, is a catch-up game due to COVID. So, yeah, that would, they'll, be, they'll be very challenging, very testing games, all right. Um, but I guess it'll just, um, we're just going to have to focus on, on uh, digging deep the next few weeks. But, but yeah, overall, look, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, good crew lads there. I've, I've played with many of them for, for a good few years. So it's, it's different. Or it's funny just being on the other side and the, on the coaching side. But, um, but yeah, you, you can't question the commitment from those guys. That's David O'Connor, Kilkenny head coach. We now go to Davy Jones on all things fitness as I continue my fitness journey with the personal trainer. Yeah, that was always going to happen, but uh, you got a lot better than, than last week, so it was much better than this week. Yeah, uh, I, I suppose... It, it was kind of less daunting when you're going back the second week and I'd imagine that would be the same for a lot of people it seems a bit a tad bit easier but the workload does increase the weights do seem to go up just a t- t- slight bit and the kind of exercises seem to the volume of the exercises and the repetitions are still there but the exercise although a bit increased from the last week they're still just as hard yeah well it's just as hard but you're probably doing more and that, that's what we want each week from our clients is obviously it's going to be difficult if it's not difficult you're not training hard enough but um, you got on a lot better in the sense of this week you, you did more you did more reps and sets and we got you um, lifting for more time more importantly so uh, the first week was just kind of a bit of an introduction for yourself and then we got you going and this week uh, you did way better than last week and is this indicative of what people can expect now coming in with say the, the high reps now we discussed when I came in and we sat down and we had a meeting and about what I wanted to accomplish and we kind of you decided that the high reps was a, a big thing in getting to what I want to get to would that be the same for most people now or is it going to be a catered kind of personal program for everybody that comes in yeah well it is catered and personalised um for everyone, but majority of people coming in, you know, looking to lose, looking to lose weight, tone up and build a little bit of muscle. And higher repetitions is the way to go, and higher volume is the way to go. Um, a lot of people get mistaken going in, and they lift kind of heavier weights for lower reps, but that that doesn't really build much muscle. You know, it's, it's that's kind of more a performance thing. That's more strength based. Firstly, uh, things like people who are doing strength things should be uh, sports should be have a bit of a, more of a background rather than going straight into it so we started basically with a, with a lighter weight and did it more for repetitions you were saying before saying that you, did, you used to always kind of go in and we used the bench press for um, example and you kind of we used to go heavy and then just do one set and leave it while we did it multiple sets and with a lighter weight a lot more repetitions added up to a lot more kind of workload and 
in the first day you, you really felt that Oh I still feel it. it's kind of humbling in a sense to have these weights at the end of a bar and you're like picking it up for the first time it's fine but then after a while it feels like there may as well be elephants hanging at the end of the bar which is a, a quite a humbling experience one thing I found was my heart rate my heart rate was always kind of uh, it was always in the high ranges just from the type of workouts that we were doing whether that be a superset or whether that be kind of squats into lunges which is another superset but is that uh, something that you always strive for is to keep the, someone's heart rate going Exactly, yeah. A lot of people, when they go to the gym by themselves, they take way too too long of rest and, like, they don't do any sort of supersets. And my well, superset is two exercises in one base. They do one, then go straight into the other and do it, and then take a break. But um, a lot of people, yes, just take way too long looking at their phones or talking to their friends or whatever they're doing. But you're not really going to get much benefit out of it then, kind of cardio wise. You're not going to get your heart rate up. And that's what, that's what you need to get, especially if your goal is fat loss. Like, there's no point sitting there waiting three or four minutes for a set. You know, you need to get in and get it done, get, get going hard at would that help them with recovery then as well by keeping the blood flowing into your body so you're not doing something strenuous you're sitting down you're kind of getting a bit cold again and then you're trying to demand the same from your body whereas if you kind of have a bit more of a shorter uh, rest keep the blood flow going that was one of the main things you told me when I was walking like if I did something with my legs you were like keep walking around keep the blood going through your legs so does that aid with recovery Exactly, yeah, keep moving, keep blood flowing, like you just said, get lactic acid moving, that's the main thing. Because lactic acid can pull up in our arms and then basically debilitate us from going again, like, you know, like you'd, you'd see if you were sitting down in a leg press and if you kept sitting there, your legs would go numb basically after each set, so you better have to get up and move and keep going and, yeah, get going where a lot of people just sit there and look at their phone and it's not really a great thing to do. Uh, the gym looks uh, quite busy as well but uh, there's always like people on the floor between yourself Vinny or Lee or whoever is working there it seems like it's a quite a, a bubbling place have you noticed now since January uh, people have been more kind of wanting to come back have you experienced that January rush yeah it's going well now um, like you said we, we always have people on the floor and we don't have uh, most people sitting behind a reception like you know in, in normal gyms or leisure centres and they're just kind of sitting there and a lot of times not approachable but our, our trainers are uh, out on the floor all the time so if anyone needs any help they're there to be asked you know what I mean and if we see anyone struggling with anything or maybe not, not, not knowing what they want to do we can show them and also make a programme for them so everyone basically in, in what we want is everyone in our gym is to uh do things right and not to be nervous in the sense of not not knowing how to do something and then giving up because you don't know how to do it. Yeah, I was kind of struck when I walked in with the sheer amount of, uh, first of all, space. So there's uh, there's like three main space areas, but uh, where we kind of did most of our training was up with the machines and the amount of machines for very different parts of your body. So if people would go to a gym, they might do a shoulder press um, they wouldn't have a, a shoulder press machine say if they were using it to kind of really focus on your delts and focus on your traps and uh, just from different movements and stuff so there's a lot of different and varied machines up there for different and varied muscles that you may not be hitting wherever you would be working out yeah exactly with equipment up there that's, there's not many of that sort of equipment around basically there's probably definitely the best equipped gym in the southeast I'd say especially when it comes to lower body equipment or strength and conditioning stuff that we have downstairs as well but 
Yeah, on average we probably have about three or four uh, machines per, per muscle group. Like So yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of equipment to, to cater everyone's needs. Uh, someone just messaged in there now asking, uh, when should we be expecting to lift cars like Davy? So, so when am I going to be uh, on the cars to be lifting cars? <laughs> we might start that next week. <laughs> we'll start pulling we trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how we go on. Uh, Dave, you, you have a sale going on now as well, so are you getting much um, kind of traction with that? Yeah, uh, we have uh, one year's um, membership sale for €199. Euro. And there's only a few spots left on it, actually. So I'll say by the end or mid this week, they'll be on gone. So if anyone wants to avail of that, they can message us on Instagram or Facebook or call into the gym or give us a call either our, our numbers or on our social media. And uh, it's, a, it's a whole year's membership for €199. Euro. No join up fee, no any cost. It's €199 euro for one year's membership. It sounds great, Davy. We'll have that up on scoreline.ie as we'll do week two of training with Davy. Uh, you're off to England now next week, are you? Some more strongman stuff on the cards. Yeah, going to England now Tuesday. Uh, going over there training with my coach Adam Bishop. He's uh, 2020 yet um, Britain's strongest man and world's strongest man competitor. So going over to get some tricks off him, tips off him, and yeah, go from there from my from my season. Season started basically. This Monday gone, so I've six months now for the next couple of years, so I need to up my game. Top bloke, Davey, wishing best of luck in England next week. Now we have the Irish NFL show host, Colin Cronin, as we come to the critical stages of the NFL season. I'm very well, thanks Shane. Always delighted to join you on what isn't just wild card weekend, it is super wild card weekend because of course we have additions this year, we now have more teams in the playoffs. So this is the, the first year where seven teams from each conference are in the playoffs. Uh, we had a couple of fantastic games last night and uh, plenty more to, to look forward to. Three games tonight and one more tomorrow night, Shane. So seven teams now in the playoff. Um, it, I, I know from a soccer perspective, a lot of people seem to get annoyed when or the integrity of a competition kind of gets diluted when you add more teams into it. So how has it been found in the NFL? The World Cup possibly been touted by going up to like 42 teams and the European Championships going up to 36 teams or 24 teams. Uh, it has been quite uh, an annoyance for a lot of fans. How have the NFL fans reacted to it? Yeah, I know there are people who look back on, say, the halcyon days of kind of Euro 88 and only the, the top eight teams in there and, and what's happened now. But there was certainly that talk in the NFL as well when this was initially proposed and it led to an extra game in the season. But given the quality of the games last night, I think people are, are pretty happy. The Bengals beat the, the Raiders last night. Joe Burrow, the uh, stud second-year QB, and um, his uh, college partner, Jamar Chase, uh, came up big for the Bengals. But that game came right down to the wire. The Raiders had the opportunity to win it at the right at the end but it wasn't to be and then the Bills they uh, exercised some demons they put a beat down for the ages on the Patriots the Patriots who many of your listeners may know were kind of the force to be reckoned with the Manchester United the Kilkenny hurlers whatever dominance you want to, to go with the Patriots were it for years and years and the Bills 
were under uh, their feet, but the Bills put 47 points on them uh, last night. So I think given the quality of both of those games, uh, people are pretty happy, and I think people are looking forward to tonight's games. Tonight games feature the Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. How have Tampa Bay done this year? Tampa have been decent, but you would have to say they haven't been as scary as maybe we all thought they would be. We really thought that bringing back all their players, bringing back all their coaches, they would be absolutely dominant. Now, these two teams met earlier in the year. The Bucks won that game, but since then, their fortunes kind of gone a number of ways. The Nick Sirianni, the coach of the Eagles, had a Damascus-like moment when he realized he needed to run the ball. And since then, the Eagles have been the best rushing team in the league. The Bucks, who were so good against the run, have had their struggles. They've had injuries. They welcome back some players today. But the question is, are they really rushing them back? Because it is the playoffs, because it is win or go home, how fit are they? Nobody's given the Eagles much of a chance in this. I do think you can't bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, but I think this one will be a lot closer than maybe people think, Shane. I I see people kind of touting Brady for another NFL MVP award, which seems like it's madness for a man that's 44 years of age. But he seems to be, uh, not, not even keeping pace, but he seems to be somewhat excelling this year anyway. Yeah, I think it's a a mixture, I suppose, of the the league, which has done everything they can to aid quarterbacks. They have looked to make this as exciting as possible, and I think that has helped. But Brady is, he is a phenomenon. There's no doubt about it. He is quite extraordinary. I do think we we saw, you know, the first beginnings, beginnings, Shane, where of time catching up with him. Brady had talked about being a bit like Christy Ring and maybe playing into his 50s. I think he's still playing at a very high level but I think, um, you know, the hand-eye coordination, the first sign now, I think Brady is good enough to potentially go to another Super Bowl but I think any notions he had of maybe playing into his 50s are put to bed at this stage. Put to bed at this stage. Another man that who could be challenging him for that uh, NFL MVP is the reigning NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers. How's he? How's he been going this season? Um, in so, some people saying that he probably after somewhat of a rough season opener, they, they seem to be doing quite well. Yeah, Rodgers has has been phenomenal. There was all the drama with Rodgers in the off season, and he's had some drama off the field again in relation to his vaccination status. And uh, he he said he was immunized and uh, rather than vaccinated, and that played a, a little bit of havoc in the for a game. But uh, he has been he has been brilliant, and the Packers will be there or thereabouts. Uh, the others to probably keep an eye on are the the Chiefs who played the the Steelers tonight, but the Steelers are not the the force of old. There's also a throwback. Some of your listeners maybe uh, remember when the game used to be on RTE, and it was the Cowboys and the 49ers frequently. Well, we've got a matchup uh, of those two uh, going at it again uh, this evening, and uh, the winner from that could certainly be capable of uh, winning the Super Bowl, and the Rams who are sort of the, the star-studded um, team of the NFL. They have acquired a quarterback. They acquired Von Miller. They acquired Odell Beckham. They have gone all in. They are, they're really going for it to, to win. They have looked at decidedly dodgy at times, you, you would have to say. But when you get, get a ticket to the dance, all things are possible. 
So it's funny, Shane, this is, with the NFL, a team can catch fire in the playoffs and a team could go on a run. And we, I could be talking to you maybe in, in three weeks' time and uh, there could be a surprise Super Bowl matchup. So that's one of the beautiful things of the NFL is you never know from year to year and almost from week to week which teams, they're certainly favourites, but very often the, the favourites don't win. Uh, speaking of getting a ticket to the dance the Chiefs did last year came up short as we all know uh, one of the standout players for the Chiefs is the most highest player in the NFL Patrick Mahomes his season and the Chiefs season has been rough possibly to, to suggest they haven't probably been as dominating as, as they have but from Mahomes himself how, how has he been after that Super Bowl loss yeah it's, uh, it's fair to say it's been an up and down season for them. I, I think rough is, is, is fair at times. Teams have, what's always interesting about the NFL is um, teams respond, right? Somebody comes up with a new idea, a new concept, or a new player like Patrick Mahomes arrives on the scene and defenses and defensive coordinators have to find a way to respond. And the way in which they've look to do that against Mahomes and the Chiefs is to make it boring for them. Mahomes has said himself he didn't like uh, boring. He liked to take big shots down the field. He liked to splash plays. So what teams have done, uh, Shane, is they brought in a, what's called a two-high look, where you go with two safeties and uh, you try and keep the ball in front of you. You don't give up any big plays. And that has slowed Mahomes. Um, he has at times, like certainly against the Raiders this year, he looked like his, his old self. But he's also learned to be a bit patient, and that probably comes with being older. Um, he's willing to take what's there in front of him. And the, the Chiefs have at times um, you know, ridden their, their look, and at other times they have looked good. They lost to the, the Bengals a couple of weeks ago in an absolutely thrilling game. Tonight they'll face the Steelers. Big Ben Roethlisberger is probably making his last uh, appearance. This will certainly be his last season. The Steelers, if they're to have any chance in this game, it will rely on their defense and uh, big takeaways, interceptions, forcing a fumble. But you have to say that Patrick Mahomes, uh, armed with Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, two of the best receivers in the game, and with Andy Reid, who is truly one of the, the premier offensive minds, they would be favourites. And I think for many people, they would like to see the Chiefs against the Packers in uh, Los Angeles in Super Bowl uh, in just a, a few weeks' time. But I think that people would love to see with Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady last year. I think people would love to see Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers this year. Uh, where can we catch all the action on the Irish NFL? <laughs> Easy for me to say on the Irish NFL show up on Twitter or uh, what else do you have going on there? Yeah, so um, we have we we did a great show. Uh, we were joined by Jeff Reinbold from Sky Sports on Friday night as we previewed the the game, and Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders will be back again tomorrow uh, with a, a live show reflecting on the the games over the past two nights and also looking ahead to that Monday night matchup. Um, we're on Twitter at IRENFL. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We love interacting with fans. I tell you, Shane, the Twitter has been absolutely buzzing this weekend. Fans up and down the country supporting their teams, or even fans whose teams aren't in the playoffs, 
adopting a second team or maybe cheering against their rivals but it has been absolutely fantastic to interact with so many fans we uh, we always enjoy that aspect of it and even from 5,000 miles away I'm telling you the rivalries burn bright we're looking forward to it here Colin following that journey no doubt we'll be talking to each other very very soon as we keep up to date what's what's happening across the pond not across the Irish Sea across the Atlantic and uh, everything that's going on in the NFL Colin thanks very much for taking the time sir thanks Shane Seamus Nugent up next on a new 12 week course aimed to help children with dyspraxia become more active absolute gentlemen I'm doing very well. Thanks, and uh, thanks for having me on the program. Um, yeah, we've we've started last Monday night. Um, we have we have two programs running on Monday night on the AstroTurf in Grailscoe Lottery in, in Loch Boy. Um, we've kind of put a, a, a dyspraxia group together. Uh, that they have approached us looking for, I suppose, like all parents looking for activities for their children. Uh, and we also have a, a disability program on from six to six forty-five. And then from 7 to 7.45, we have the dyspraxia group. Um, and we're very lucky uh, in Kilkenny in that we have a lot of really good development officers which uh, Kilkenny Recreation and Sports Partnership can, can draw on. Uh, so we have a, a 12-week program for both groups. And uh, it, it's split up into, um, I suppose, bunches of three weeks. And the first three weeks up is uh, Leinster Rugby uh, with Noel Devlin uh, taking the two groups uh, on, 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 on every night for three weeks. Uh, we also have a, a Kilkenny Recreation and Sports Partnership tutor uh, coach uh, on hand as well. So the, the kids will have two coaches on hand and, and, and both of them are vastly experienced. So when Noel finishes his three weeks, we have Kilkenny GAA coming in for three weeks. So they'll, they'll get a, a variety from the, the rugby skills. Well, a lot of the skills are, are you know, uh, are kind of common across a lot of sports. So they'll have uh, Kilkenny GAA in for, for um, three weeks. And we're delighted that uh, Brian Ryan and, and his team uh, have, have helped us out on this. And they have both, all of these coaches and these sports have helped us out as well in our inclusive summer program uh, last year and hopefully again next year so rugby for the Leinster rugby for the first three weeks then Kilkenny GAA and then we have FAI and our local development officer Will Kinsley will be in for three weeks then and we round it out then with either athletics or boxing we still have to confirm which one it's going to be so uh, the kids like will get lots of, of uh, good coaches all of them are good coaches and a variety of sports and activities. And I suppose the fear was to start a program in January. Uh, we're not running, Kilkenny Sports Partnership are not running any outdoor programs at the moment for obvious reasons, or any indoor programs for, for obvious reasons. So all our programs are outdoors, with the exception of one, we have a, a judo program for girls. So, you know, at this time of the year, we could we could be kind of pessimistic and say, you know, we we don't know what the weather will be like on Monday night. But for children with disability, we we have to get out and get 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 programs running again. Uh, we could sit on our hands until the end of March and then reflect on the previous twelve Monday nights. And you know yourself, Shane, the weather is never as bad as as what we make it out to be. Uh, so we're we're advising hats, scarves, gloves, and coats for for people uh, for all the kids coming along. And we also encourage their parents to come along and get involved in, in the activities as well. 
That sounds really exciting. I know that the Grill School, uh, we train up there ourselves, fantastic facilities. It's brilliant to hear the level of coaching. We've spoke to Noel Devlin many a time and you'll have your uh, kind of pick of great coaches if you decide to go with athletics or boxing for the final week. Uh, how many children are involved in, in, in total then? Uh, well, we've we've uh, spaces for twenty children on 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 both programs. So the the disability one has uh, two spaces left, and there's about six spaces left on the dyspraxia one. So they're both well um, well subscribed, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to in 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 the coming months as well make links across to various clubs in Kilkenny that uh, children with uh, additional needs can get into mainstream clubs. And I guess on the on the return uh, to sport that uh, Sport Ireland are really pushing that everybody gets back to sport. I think the last group of people to get back were were people uh, with disability and children with additional needs. Uh, so that's why Kenny Sports Partnership has jumped in to try and uh, bridge that gap and and to, to give them because the, the the children are seeing that their siblings are going back to football and soccer and hurling and swimming and whatever else and. Uh, I suppose they're the children that are the most vulnerable children because a lot of them would have other uh, underlying conditions but they're also the children that need physical activity the the most Uh, and that's where uh, Kilkenny uh, Recreation and and Sports Partnership comes in and my role as well as Sport Inclusion and Disability Officer. Uh, Why do you uh, feel that uh, uh, sport is is something that maybe parents should uh, consider uh, signing their their children up for? What what type of skills would it uh, lend to someone, say, with uh, dyspraxia? Um, well, a lot of the a lot of the, the activities that will take part in, in sports, like your coordination, uh, agility, balance, speed, and, and 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 all whether you're whether you're playing for Ireland in rugby, whether you're playing for Kilkenny in hurling, or whether you're playing for Chelsea or Manchester United, or whether you're a child with additional needs, uh, all of those um, skills um, in in sport are applicable. No matter what age you're at, or whether you're an older adult, your agility, your balance, your coordination, your speed—all uh, of those come into play. And all for for children with additional needs, all of those um, qualities and skills have to be developed as well. Uh, so it's important that that uh, children with additional needs get the opportunities to develop at, at their ability and at their level, and to to be the best that they can be. The same as as a as a, their siblings or uh, children will say in, with the, the mainstream clubs as well, or uh, adults with, as I said, Ireland rugby team, Kilkenny hurlers, or whoever else. Everyone uh, should have the opportunity uh, to to develop and to be the best and to develop all those components of fitness. Uh, you mentioned mainstream kind of teams. Evergreen is synonymous with soccer here in Kilkenny. They host the uh, football for all uh, each Saturday out on their AstroTurf yeah. pitch. You're involved in that yourself as well. Yeah, we we we, we have we, we we suppose we help set it up and, and look. Evergreen is a brilliant club and they host that. We don't actually touch that at the moment. It runs on its. And I won't say it runs on its own. It runs with Evergreen and the the volunteers and the young people that that help the children out there. Um, we'd appeal actually to other clubs in Kilkenny to come and get involved with it as well for more to set up another football for all well, perhaps another night of the week or another day 
um, that would suit parents and suit the kids as well because if, if a club comes to us we, we'll support them every step of the way and the FAI will support them as well uh, and, and the FAI have been brilliant as well and we started back uh, with Football for All for adults uh, last Monday uh, We again this is a programme that didn't run uh, during COVID I say during COVID we're still in COVID but uh, through the first uh, couple of phases of of, of um, of COVID, but we are actually back. We have a new coach coming on in, uh, on stream now in the next two weeks, and again, we're grateful to Will Kinsella, our uh, SAI development officer. He's taken the program for uh, a week or two, and then we have a new coach coming in. So hopefully, that program will stay up and running. So we had uh, six or seven uh, guys there last uh, Monday in the watershed on the on the Astro. Again, outdoors, but. Um, Next week, it's going to be a little bit different because I looked at the numbers on uh, Friday evening there before I finished, and uh, I think there's 15 registered now. So we're getting right up there with the numbers back to where it was uh, pre-COVID. So that'll make it much more interesting uh, for the coach and for the players that they'll have to be able to set up drills and in the next couple of weeks start little uh, six-a-side and seven-a-side matches as well there. So that's, that's uh, that's looking good as well. It sounds incredibly exciting um, just to be able to get back out there. Obviously, probably a bit of apprehension in regards to the the nature of the world that we currently find ourselves living in and with the pandemic, but it's great to see that people are getting back out there in in all different dif- disciplines of sports. Uh, I'm a football fan myself, so it's great to see that happening also. Yeah. Um, yeah. If people are liking what they're hearing and they want to maybe consider sending their child, or as you mentioned, the adult football for all, they want to register, they want to sign up for it, where can they get in contact, James? Uh, they can get in contact if, if they email me. It's it's Seamus, S-E-I-M-U-S, at K-R-S-P dot I-E, or uh, go to our website. All our development officers' numbers and, and emails are, are on uh, our website. It's K-R-S-P dot I-E. Uh, we have a brand new uh, website just uh, launched there about a week or two before Christmas. So uh, all, all the details, and the details of all our programs, and also, if you have an interest in a specific area, say if it's older adults or schools, disability, community, sports, no matter what interest you have, you can register an interest there. And when we have programs coming on, then we email out uh, details of the programs. And that's how you can get involved or, or by contacting any of the development officers with Kilkenny Recreation and Sports Partnership. Yeah, the website looks great. I'm just on it there now myself. Uh, a whole litany of things for people to get involved in, not just yeah. the things that we discussed today. Yeah, we had a we had a, a program for all adults started on Friday with um, activator poles, which are very similar uh, to people what people would be familiar with the Nordic walking poles that you see in in, in the Alps and stuff. But we've um, we've we've uh, developed a program in Kilkenny here with um, a, um, a guy called Frank Fahey. And this, the poles are similar, except the, the, not, the activator poles go in front of you, and there's a ledge on them. So you can do a lot of uh, stretches and body weight exercises with them. So we have 20 on that program on Friday mornings, uh, and it started just last Friday morning from the mayor's walk on the parade there. And the, the people going up and down the parade were, were very curious to see what was going on. It looked like something <laughs> like the Tai Chi sessions that you'd see in China. But it's fabulous there. And we have a, a tutor, Margaret O'Keefe, on, on that program there. So oh, I know Margaret well. Do you? Uh, she's Everyone my auntie. I, I, if we're talking about the really? same Margaret, she's, she'd be my auntie, yeah. Okay, yeah. Auntie so, Max. Yeah. Yeah, so so she's, um, so no she's better woman. Uh, doing that program with us. And... Uh, 
yeah, we have 20 people on it. And there was a little warm-up. And then, of course, we're, we're so lucky in Kilkenny. And I think that's during the, the, the pandemic there, we were kind of looking at some of the numbers of cases in Kilkenny. We consistently low numbers of cases in Kilkenny for a long time. And I think it was due to the fabulous uh, outdoors uh, spaces and, and opportunities to exercise outdoors, like the, the castle, the canal, you know, the quay, the linear park, and, and all the other, um, the, the new seated areas that Kilkenny County Council put into play there. So we're, uh, I think that uh, enabled people to get out and exercise, get out and walk, get the fresh air, uh, and, you know, as well as that, you know, the river as well, you, you know, the dragon boats and kayaking and swimming there in the north. So we've so much uh, in the centre of Kilkenny and throughout Kilkenny County, but I suppose my own, being living in Kilkenny City, my own my own uh, favourite would be, you know, all, all those places to, to swim and, and, and run and, and cycle and that. But, uh, yeah, so that's our that's our, our, our Friday morning programme and that's oversubscribed at the moment. We have a waiting list of, of six or seven people for that programme. That sounds incredibly exciting. Seamus, thanks very much for being so considerate with your time telling us about uh, the different things that Kilkenny Recreational Sports Partnership are doing. It sounds tremendous. If people want to find out more information, we'll have it up on our website, scoreline.ie, in the next few days. But for now, Seamus, you can go back. You can enjoy the Masters later on. I know that we've kind of taken you away just just before the final oh, frame. Yeah, just, just, just after, I uh, know, the final the final frame of the first semi-final was, was over there. It went to a, it was five all and it went to a decider frame and there was just no end of... Uh, uh, twists and turns in it uh, one of the most incredible games I've ever seen and finally we have Lee Kill on how to get involved in Sunday afternoon soccer in the watershed it's six aside it's Leisure Leagues Welcome back to Scoreline. Now joining me on the line from Leisure Leagues Kilkenny is none other than respected Kilkenny referee Lee Kill Lee how are you doing sir? Shane, great to talk to you. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic. I suppose it's a better conversation than we would generally have out on the pitch. A bit more cordial. <laughs> uh, you're okay, Shane. I know it's not, it's not personal. <laughs> well, going from 11 aside out on the pitch, we're talking about six aside football. It's returning to the watersheds, the leisure leagues. I had a team in it for many years myself, but it's coming back with a bang. It is, yeah. Um, we've been going for a couple of weeks, actually, Shane. Um, and there's a brand new league starting next week. Um, so that's sort of been advertising it sort of on Facebook really um, we have a great thing going it's been going for eight years um, consistently and we run every week other than Christmas week and Easter uh, so, so it's non-stop and it's a, it's a bit of a social league really we get a load of lads to come down uh, whether or not they play regularly in leagues they're, they're all welcome and uh, it's a great environment to come down and play football yeah, that's the important thing for people to highlight. Like with leisure leagues, it is pretty much open for all types of, not that junior soccer or anything isn't like that, but it can be quite daunting to go into a football team that's already established. This one, you get to come in, start your own new team and start going on a journey and an adventure together. Absolutely. And it, as I said, it's very friendly. It's very social. Um, so far as if a team turns up with a couple of players short, other teams will lend them players. You know, there's guys hanging around all the time. So we'll always make a team up. Individual players are welcome to join and I'll always find them a team. Um, so, so there's a great set of lads down there and we enjoy it every week. And you're talking about eight years going strong now. I think we had a, an interview not so long ago discussing kind of the Leisure League in, in general, but it, this isn't just based in Kilkenny. This is throughout Ireland and throughout the UK as well. It's a 
worldwide thing now, Shane. Um, you mentioned you mentioned it throughout the UK as well. They actually hold a European Championships and a World Cup every year. Um, and I was very fortunate in 2014 to take a team from mainly from Kilkenny to Montenegro to play for Ireland. Oh wow! And we represented Ireland for the week in the European Championships. It was a great experience. Yeah, I, I actually I think I remember as a Damien Ragged was on that team and stuff. Damien Raggett was there. Damien Raggett's still involved. Oh, very good, very um, good. I, I came away from it a year after that, but Damien's been sort of ever-present, really. He's, he's still in amongst it. Well, what's the mechanics, then, of getting involved? How how do people enter the league if they want to register their interest or like them what they're hearing? It's very easy. Whether you're just an individual or, or you have a few lads together who want to uh, put a team in, um, Leisure Leagues uh, have a website and there's just a click button, um, join now. Or if they want to contact me on Facebook, they can do that, and I'll sort it all out for them. Is matches then going ahead every Sunday from then on in? Every Sunday. We start at four, and we just play until all the games are finished. Oh, you um, start at four? Yeah, we start at four. We start in the afternoon, so the teams can play there. If they're playing junior soccer, they can play, they can play that too. It differs then from, say, the likes of the Floodlight League, which might be a bit more uh, kind of leisurely than the than the, the KDL and, and stuff like that. So you can play in any other league and enter this. Oh, there's no restrictions. Anyone can join. That's fantastic. And there's no cost involved either, am I correct? Oh, no, they have to, they have to pay for it, mate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's free to enter, I, 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 I see here. Winter, uh, at the moment. And there's, it normally works out around a fiver, fiver each. You have to pay for the watershed anyway. Well, that's right. We have to pay for the pitch. It's on at four o'clock in the watershed. Going back to the KDL, you're involved from a refereeing perspective there. Um, there was a bit of kind of worry that some of the games uh, being called off last week due to uh, kind of COVID concerns that we mightn't eventually get to finish our league. But it's very good to see that the fixtures are going ahead this Sunday. I am. I spoke to John Corrigan from the league actually last week and it was a slight concern that COVID was going to get in the way again. Um, but thankfully, we've got a full list of fixtures this week and everyone seems happy to go ahead. Um, and hopefully we can keep that going. And the, the, the amount of matches that are happening, because a lot of the schoolboy fix, schoolboys and schoolgirls fixtures got to go ahead last week. And just looking at the amount of matches, how, from a refereeing perspective, are, are you able to cope with that workload? Are you finding new referees are coming in or are you still looking kind of for people to uptake that part of the sport? I think, I think we're always on the lookout for referees. It's, it's not an easy job, as I said before, to Shane. It's not for everyone. Um, but once you do get into it, I find that it's, it's really enjoyable. It's a great thing to do. So we were lucky to get six new referees in this year. Oh, wow. Um, and as far as I'm aware, we haven't lost any yet. So we're, we've got good numbers at the moment. And we seem to be covering all the matches. Um, not today, that it isn't busy. Yeah, it's, it definitely is 100% busy. I can see, I, even just from being involved with one team, you're involved with, in numerous teams. Speaking of those six referees, don't send them to any Castle Warren games anyway if you want them to keep, <laughs> uh, keep refereeing for the future. <laughs> Lee, absolute pleasure talking to you. Best of luck with the Leisure Leagues going forward. Um, we'll be in touch throughout the week or, and throughout the weeks that it is continuing going on. And no doubt it's going to be another tremendous success. Shane, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks very much, Lee. Thank you. Lee Kill there, everybody. Going to take a bit of music there now. And when we come back, lots more still to come here on Scoreline. <laughs> Thanks very much to Lee Kill. Thanks very much to you for listening in live or listening in here on Scoreline Extra. You can catch the show live 2 to 6, Saturday and Sunday. Until then, stay safe, stay sane. I've been Shane O'Keefe and you're a sound out.